I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. So hello everyone and welcome to episode 31 of Travel Talks where today it's myself and Saunders of course talking about travel at the moment. Well we're keeping it relevant today because there's some things that have changed in the last few weeks uh, in the UK at least. Mm. So we want to get into what that looks like, you know, what travel looks like in the modern day world what extra costs are involved and hopefully give people a bit of a clearer understanding of what travel means at the moment. Yeah, I feel like we should probably say which day we're recording this on because like you say, everything's changing all the time. It's Wednesday, the 19th of May. This is going to come out on the Monday. There's going to probably be loads of new information, maybe some new countries in the next few weeks, but this is all based off the information we have at hand at the time of recording. It does seem right. Tell me if you think this as well. I've definitely found that it seems like people have been caught massively off guard with these changes, Mm. not kind of expecting how it's going to unfold in the way that it has. So I guess now this is where it takes us as, you know, guardians of travel, <laughs> the, the, the travel yeah. podcast community to, like uh, you know, exactly, exactly yeah, <laughs> to help people uh, get more clued up. And we can use that based on our own real experience, but also on the reports before anyone needs to spend any money on getting out of the country. Yeah, that's the big thing, isn't it? There's going to be more costs involved. There are things you can and can't do, countries you can and can't go to. So hopefully in this episode, we'll clear that all up a bit for you as well as well Saunders I'm excited about this we're going to talk through our hypothetical holiday every single different element that can be involved in a holiday I'm going to go out and say that this hypothetical is guaranteed to get the listeners thinking about travel in a different different way yeah okay nice I like it guarantee and I feel like that's a pretty safe one I like it but first before we crack on to all of that shall we look back at some comments and feedback from some previous episodes let's do it mate let's do it because obviously the last episode we had was with Zach but the last episode between the two of us Mm. was the 2021 UK summer destination tier list I think we did a good job I'm fair I'm happy with where we got to but not everyone agreed. Yeah, I've been getting quite a few messages through the week, to be honest. Quite a lot, quite a lot of controversy was caused. People were not happy of us, Saunders, about the fact that we put London right down at the bottom. I had to argue the case of it not being a summer holiday destination, but people weren't happy. We caused a lot of controversy online as well. Loads of Instagram comments coming in, loads of votes on our polls as well. But a great topic to divide opinion and it really did go down really well you know we had those comments and i think the most passionate people definitely comment but yeah. in terms of the overall consensus 
on our slider on the Instagram story we put up about, I'd say, I mean, it's hard to say because you're literally just gauging <laughs> yeah, a slider on the screen, it? but it's around about 65, 70% agreed <laughs> yeah. with us or at yeah. least, you know, bought into our way of thinking. So yeah, let's have a look at some comments as well. Where goes Rose commented, enjoying your podcast during a sad travel for a year. Thank you very much. That really means a lot to us, Rose. Thank you very much. Anna Lothian, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, uh, on a response to a post we put up about where people are going for their 2021 summer holiday. Uh, they said that they're currently in China, so hoping to go to Sanya as the borders are still closed. I have actually been to Sanya. Have you heard of Sanya before? So when she commented that, I didn't know where it was, to be honest. So I looked into it a little bit. It looks quite cool, but what's it like? Sanya is like, uh, it's on the island of Hainan, which is kind of like a tropical-ish island off of China. It's like the Riviera for China mainland. Nice. So you get loads of people from China go there on holiday. When you're there, it's sort of decorated almost like a Hawaiian island, like lots of palm trees, Amazing. Uh, lots of resorts and water parks, that sort of thing. Um, it was pretty good. I did enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, no no question that Anna wants to go there. And the next comment from Emac says that they are going to stay put in Scotland, but they're not complaining about it one bit, hoping to explore some more areas that they've not yet been to, including a wee trip to St Kilda. We, we spoke about Scotland so much, so much yeah. in this podcast, <laughs> but for good reason as well. And it's a country that I'll come on to a little bit later, which I've got my eye on as well. Ryan Daniels said, Brighton, baby. That's true. We didn't actually include Brighton in the tier list, did we? In, when we were discussing where we were going to include, it came very, very, very close to being on the list. There are a couple of places which we missed off. You know, Devon, we missed off. Oh, yeah, it's true. We sh Devon is key, but we did do Cornwall. We did do uh, Dorset. So Dorset, we sort of yeah. like got the sandwich between it. <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean brighton a great choice loads of loads of cool things to do in brighton it's an amazing city and another comment big fan of norfolk as well katie co 14 said norfolk with a heart emoji she's stuck in canada at the moment but hoping to see some family in norwich for christmas as long as i bet you're a big fan of that i mean that's not a bad place to be stuck is it <laughs> no, yeah i mean I, I, you know if you got you live in canada and you've got family in norfolk you're literally living <laughs> the dream <laughs> That is literally your dream, isn't it? <laughs> that is a good dream. But um, yeah, hopefully you can get across the Norwich in time for Christmas to see some family, Katie. Thanks for your comment. Uh, another comment, Ali Horn, good friend of mine, a friend of the podcast. Uh, he really enjoyed the tier list podcast. <laughs> he said, let's hope everyone and their uncle doesn't head to Scotland after that podcast, <laughs> which uh, I can see his way of thinking. Maybe we need to simmer down a little bit on the Scottish promo. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Especially as I want to go there and I actually don't want it to be flooded with tourists. So maybe, yeah, let's chill out a bit. Do you think we can go two episodes without talking about Scotland? Do you think it's possible? There's only one way to find out. Well, we've not done this one. So the next <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. There's just a few comments. Um, thanks very much for getting those in. As always, just uh, comment on the social media post we put in. Send an email, traveltalkspodcast at gmail.com. But should we get on to the main bulk of the show and talk about this real cost of traveling abroad right now? Let's do it, mate. They're not even inhabited by anyone. Nobody lives there. <laughs> but the government of the UK have said, if you fancy a little holiday this summer, then maybe you could grab yourself a rowboat and row to the middle of the Atlantic. <laughs> How would you even get there? Queuing up in a hall with another thousand people who have travelled from more different places in the world, including red list countries. I mean, I expected it to be different, but it evidently it isn't at all. We've gone from talking about hypothetical dream holidays to talking about where you can travel if your only parameter is they have scooters in the city. 
All right, mate. So let's go through the countries which have made it on to the UK's green list. And there's 12 of them, 12 mm-hmm. countries. One which stands out from the rest of them, which everyone I feel in the UK that wants to go abroad is going to head there, Portugal, which yeah. kind of comes combined with the Azores. It's the most accessible in terms of what you have to do to get there and what you have to do when you come back as well. But we've also got Israel, Singapore, Australia and New Zealand. The key thing about Singapore, Australia and New Zealand is that they are not allowing tourists at the moment. So they might be on our green list. But what we've got to note is that you can't even go in there as an English tourist. So that is big for the return people, though. Like a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of British or UK based Mm. people that live in Australia and New Zealand. So now they know they can come back and see family without having to quarantine. Yeah, very true. So although they might have to quarantine when they go back, potentially, if there's people that have been sitting, you know, waiting for the chance to come back to the UK, which, you know, in Australia, that's a lot of people. There's a lot of expats in in, uh, Australia. It's great for that way around, but yeah, not so good if you want to visit from here. The funniest one for me, I think, and there's quite a few funny ones on this list, but the funniest <laughs> one for me is Brunei. I saw it on the list and I thought, Swords bloody loves Brunei. I'm going to have a look, see how accessible this is. Maybe this could be the one that we go to the summer. So to go to Brunei, you need approval off of the Prime Minister of Brunei. No, you don't. <laughs> Yeah. really i was reading their um travel entry requirements on their government website to kind of understand how you'd get into the country so you need it signed off and then if you were to get it signed off if you thought okay alex wants to go on holiday let's uh let him in i feel like this is a good enough reason you then have to quarantine for between two to 14 days on arrival so i feel like we've got a strike brunei i have done some work for the brunei tourism board so if anyone wants to go just uh quote saunders 10 percent in your <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding of course but um it's a, it's a good place to go i wouldn't go there right now though because i just don't like the idea of long-haul travel but you know it's interesting that was on the list there, and there are a few places on the list that i honestly can say i had never heard of yeah i mean we'll get to those at the end some of them you're right you've not heard of them for quite a good reason as well but this one's a bit more popular iceland people in the uk absolutely love going to iceland um you can go there if either you're a resident of iceland you can adequately demonstrate you've either been fully vaccinated against covid19 so that's two vaccinations or you have previously recovered from covid19 uh within a certain time frame i'm not quite sure exactly what that time frame is or you fall under their category of an exempt traveler so there's quite a few different reasons some which you could probably get your way around if you've had both jabs of the covid vaccine maybe you could put that on your list iceland as a holiday destination for this summer but i don't know if you've not been fully vaccinated and you want to go to iceland then you can of course go through the steps that we're going to get to before um, about the pcr tests within 72 hours but we'll come into that in a bit more depth later on uh the next one gibraltar What's your thoughts on just uh, Gibraltar, just that near is, Spain, Saunders? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because you, you can get a lot of what you go to Spain for. Yeah. But it is only a small place. Like, it's not big at all. Mm. So you can't just be flooding to Gibraltar because they'd run out of accommodation. It would be manic. So it's an interesting one. I am almost certain that that's purely because of the English connection with Gibraltar that yeah. that's been allowed yeah. because, you know, Spain hasn't. And I mean, what's the difference really between the towns mm. that border Gibraltar and Gibraltar itself you know across the border but um yeah I mean that's an interesting one I think I'm sure people will take up on it 
Yeah, it's it's quite easy to be honest. Of the of all the countries which are on the list, it's actually one of the easier ones to go there. They only require you to have a lateral flow test, so it's not one of the ones which is going to um, hit you in the pocket too much. Everyone's obviously got Portugal right at the top of their list, but Gibraltar maybe maybe there's not as much choice in terms of accommodation and things to do, but it could be one that kind of is snuck under the radar a little bit. But with Portugal, we'll get onto it in a minute because it's not as easy as just going there. Like it's going to cost no. you some money within the, within the rules of getting there and getting back. Mm. You know, we'll get onto this stuff and you know the real the real things that need to be thought about when planning. Uh, holidays abroad this summer in a little bit but yeah i can't remember the name of it but what's the name of the island that's literally slap bang <laughs> in the middle of the atlantic so it's it's called south georgia and the south sandwich islands this is brilliant right they're not even inhabited by anyone nobody lives there <laughs> but the government of the uk have said if you fancy a little holiday this summer then maybe you could grab yourself a rowboat and row to the middle of the atlantic you can't fly there you can't it's one of those that gone on the list because there's no cases because no one even lives there but yeah you're allowed to go so if you if you fancy a, a an adventurous trip across the atlantic then maybe go for it but yeah like i say nobody lives there so you'd be on your own the other place I was thinking of, I'm trying to remember it now, I'm just looking. Yeah, Tristan de Cunha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. I looked it on a map and I just kind of was scrolling for ages of just blue before I found another mainland. <laughs> I was just like, how would you even get there? But I, I won't lie, I did look into it. <laughs> did you? Yeah. This is great. It's sort of so good about it. It's kind of like going to a restaurant and you've got a reduced menu. You start thinking, oh, maybe that's all right. And then you look into it and you realise, right, okay, it's the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Nobody lives there. And when I get there, I've got quarantine for 14 days. It is funny, like the, the list, you've got these, you know, very select green list countries. You've got the list of red list countries. And then you just have like mm, everywhere else in the everyone. world is amber. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. We've got a few more countries in there. We've got the Falkland Islands and we've got Faroe Islands as well. Faroe Islands... You know, when, when it was on the list, again, like you said, with uh, the Ascension Island, I looked into it because it's a country which has kind of been spoken about a little bit in the past, um, not only on this podcast, but yeah, just in the in the wider travel community. It's, it's got elements to it in a similar way to kind of Scotland. It's mm. incredibly naturally beautiful, puffins, hiking, northern lights. That's the kind of holiday it would be if you went to the Faroe Islands, but it's it's... Very, very difficult to go there. You need uh, exemption from the government of Denmark because Denmark own the Faroe Islands. It's, you've got to quarantine when you arrive. It, it's one of those that, whilst it's on the green list and the UK government say you can go there, it's just it's just not doable for a summer holiday. Nobody's got it on their list, unfortunately. Um, and then I think that's it. I'm just looking at the list. Yeah, that's everywhere in terms of the green list that we've been through. And that kind of leads us nicely on to why Portugal is the country which is sticking out to people as pretty much the only country which people have got their sights on at the moment before the second review of the travel green list. I was just thinking it might be a good idea for us to kind of um, paint the context a bit more for people that don't aren't from the UK and maybe haven't following like the UK's journey because I, okay. I always forget that every country's got their own thing going on now. And I, I was reading an article yeah. about vaccinations yeah. the other day and there was people that were like, couldn't understand why people hadn't been vaccinated because they had their two jabs like three months ago, whatever. Mm. It's just different in every country. But if you don't know the context, so May 17th was a big day in the 2021 calendar mm. in the UK because travel became permitted again for leisure. And the list of countries that we just went through there, the greenest countries were announced. 
Um, the main thing being that you wouldn't re- it wouldn't require you quarantining when you came back to the UK. That time has come. And what we've seen in the last week is that there's been an influx of travellers getting out of the country for the first time in a while. And like mm. we've said, many going to Portugal. And what's followed is literally 10, 20 articles a day from pretty much every <laughs> single UK publication and newspaper about mm. the, the idea of travelling. It Honestly, mate, it's like flying has just been invented. <laughs> it's like the first ever flight. Yeah, I did think that when I saw like the amount of articles from like, all, like you say, all these different publications, every single seat right on this Ryanair flight, the first one to head to Portugal, just taken up by journalists. You're kind of thinking, you're documenting what it's like for the everyman to go on holiday. But all of you are going for work. All of you are just documenting it for a different publication. You've probably got about 10 people on the flight who actually are going for holiday. So, yeah, it's not not really a fair representation. And from my point of view, I'm looking at these articles being like, I've been fortunate because I've, I've been traveling this year for work with Formula E. So I've experienced what travel is like at the moment and told everyone, you know, it's not yeah. as easy as you think. You know, it's not, all a, ho- it's not a holiday. It's, it's pretty tricky. So then... I was going into that thinking, oh, when it's available for the public, it's going to be a breeze. People are just going mm. to sail through the airports, get on the plane just like they did a year and a half ago. But evidently, it is exactly the same as it has been for me over the last few months. And nothing has changed Crazy. since they've made it open. What What were your biggest bugbears there when, when you were flying for work? What were the things which you thought they would have sorted out, but they haven't? The airport situation, really. Like, I understand that, you know, testing and that side of things is... Uh, it has to be done but what i assumed was while travel was only permitted for work the custom queues were long in the airports because there was less staff you know that you can't Mm. hire a full airport of staff if only people are driving for work but what i've read is that you know the queues are just as long as i've been experiencing you know some three to four hour queues in customs and the idea of just like queuing up in a hall with another thousand people who have traveled from all different places in the world including red list countries Mm. And you just think like with everything going on, they would have like added another layer of security or another layer of something. But it seems like they've just been like, oh, yeah, everybody travel again now, but we haven't changed anything. So there's just all these extra cues and no one knows what they're doing. And it's I mean, I expected it to be different, but it evidently it isn't at all. Yeah. So let's let's talk about like the processes. You, you've spoken about the fact that going to Portugal, whilst it seems like a, an easy choice and the standout choice of the green list, it's going to cost you a lot of money in terms of additional costs. I think Portugal is a good example to go with because it's, you know, like we said, it gives people a lot of what they want in a summer holiday. Um, it's familiar and it's kind of well mm. catered for, especially for like a UK traveller. But before we even get into the idea of the testing and stuff, just booking that holiday is going to be more tricky. It's not like, you know, everything, all the businesses are open, everything's no cur- all the, everything's, you know, as it was a year and a half ago. With that, you've got to think that there's less space, so there's less availability. Every destination differs based on what they require, as, as we've talked about a little bit earlier. At the moment, it's either a PCR test that's required within 72 or 48 hours of flying. Now, I've, that's something I've had to do before every flight this year so far. But the difference for me is when only business, you're, f- try, you're flying for work, there's less bookings of these tests being made, right? You can easily just right, get an appointment okay. within the same day or the day after. And now you've got an influx of tests. So the appointments are harder to get hold of. And yeah. bear in mind, like you've got, let's say the 48 hour example, you've got a pretty short window to get your test, yeah. get your results back and fly. And mo- most will ask you to post them as well, don't they? It's not like an, an online thing where you, you upload it and it's... Uh... Yeah, like a controlled thing. Obviously, you're you're at the mercy of the postal service. If if you miss the time of the window of it to be posted and arrive in the next day, 
then who knows what if it arrives late and then suddenly you can't go. That's the kind of worry which I'm thinking of. People have been going for the option because it's the most affordable, right? Those prices start at about 75 quid or so. That's the most affordable way to do it. But you do run the risk. And actually, a good example here is um, Cheap Holiday Expert, previous guest on mm. Travel Talks. Um, she's in Portugal right now and she's documented her whole journey on the testing process, the traveling process. So yeah, people should should check that out and kind of see how she got on. But then let's say you you don't want to take that risk or you can't get the test sent off in enough time to get it back for the 48 hours or whatever. You need to then pay for a smaller window. So, you know, next day results or same day results. So suddenly what goes from 75 pound goes to 100, 150, up to 200 pounds for a same day fit to fly test and certificate. So that is a decent additional cost on what could have usually been a pretty cheap break or a cheap beach holiday. Yeah, I think that that's what, for me, is we've been kind of robbed of, obviously for good reason at the moment, but the spontaneity of it, the idea that you can go and take these bargain flights, which they feel like ancient history at the moment, but the, the time when you could get a £20, £30 flight to, to somewhere in Europe and go, okay, I don't mind where I go. I'm happy to go on the Friday and come back on the Sunday. Let's see where I can go. And you could really have found £20, £30 flights. Now with all of these elements that you've got to uh, bring into play, the spontaneity of travel has been completely removed and everything needs to be booked in advance and scheduled and managed and coordinated and it feels very, very clinical. At what point does a holiday stop becoming a holiday and start becoming work? Yeah. Because that whole element of, okay, I've got to do it 72 hours before, and then I've got to do one on holiday, and I've got to do a lateral flow test. And when I come back, I've got to do a test two days after I come back, a PCR test again. Of course, the money is ridiculous. If that is being added up in terms of a family as well, if you imagine, let's take £75 as an example, and you've got to times that by two because there's two tests required. For one person, that's bad enough. Imagine that you had a family of five yeah, and you had to times that by five. That's £750 in tests alone before you even start talking about the holiday. All of those things added together, it kind of feels like whilst travel has been allowed to us, it's not really there yet. I'm sure everybody listening would agree to this. The booking of a holiday and the you know the paperwork is the least fun bit. Of course. But it's the most prominent bit at the moment. Like, you know, mm. all the stuff you have to do beforehand, the kind of stress of getting your test results back, the having the right paperwork to prove at the airport. And in my experience, you don't even get to check in without showing your um, your COVID negative test. And also, we haven't even considered that you actually may catch it whilst you're out there and what that then does to your holiday, your annual leave, everything else that kind of comes into play. So the whole idea of a holiday I mean, this is the most obvious thing anyone's ever said, but is to relax, you know, is to take a break. We all have had crazy working years in this last year, um, if you've been lucky enough to keep hold of your job. And you go away and it's your, your time to relax and recuperate for after a hard year. If you're on holiday stressing about the fact that you potentially could catch it and then all the ramifications that come into play with that and when you're going to have to take a test, for me, that completely defeats the point of the holiday. But at the moment, I'm kind of thinking I'm going to have a better holiday in terms of relaxation if I take that holiday, but stay inside the UK. I'm actually looking forward to doing something that I haven't done in a long time, which is exploring a little bit more of where I'm from, you know, yeah. the, the country that we live in uh, and seeing, you know, what we've been missing or what we've been missing out on and since, you know we've been going further afield because it's cheaper or it's obtainable. We've just gone over there, the testing process for flying out 
when you're there. And then also in the greenlist country, like you said, when you come back, you need to have a day two test. But if you're going to an amber country, that's basically anywhere else in Europe and many other countries. Mm. It's the same process, everything up to that point. But when you get back, you need to quarantine for 10 days and pay for at least two tests. Yeah. That's at least two tests. Really, it's a day two after your return a day five and then a day eight and if you come from a red list that's the hotel quarantine obviously all of the travelers expense again obviously we're we're trying to make this podcast so both of us have gone out of our way to find the rules to find the what you have to do when you're kind of traveling abroad i found it so 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 difficult to land on an article despite the fact that it seemed like everyone was on a plane to portugal producing articles i found it so hard to find one that was actually useful in terms of what i had to do step by step if i wanted to go to portugal so i I do feel like it's, it's been made very very difficult and maybe maybe that's the goal of the government to make it seem like it's a little bit difficult so it kind of puts off the mass uh, public from traveling abroad i'm really conscious that we don't want to like talk people out of travel because if you're fine with all of that then fill your boots yeah, you know, yeah enjoy exactly, it exactly. um but from our point of view it's just it seems like and as someone that has been traveling this year the stress and the rigmarole involved i i I'd like it like you said i don't want that on my holiday I want to hear from people, though, um, who have a different opinion to us. So it's difficult when both of us are sat here agreeing with each other. And maybe there'll be 60% of people who agree with us. But there's probably going to be a good percentage of people who are listening to this going, what are you on about? This is absolutely fine. We need to get away. We've been moaning about the fact we can't get away for so long. And now we are able to. There's probably a different side to this story. So let us know. And if you want to do a, a slightly longer answer or a longer message then send us an email we've said it before but it's travel talks podcast at gmail.com get in touch with us we'll read it out and we'll kind of offer a different side to the story i guess just to wrap all that up long story short it's likely going to cost you a few extra hundred pounds on top of the holiday cost a little bit more paperwork a little bit more stress but it is now possible within certain countries uh, i guess the final thing which i don't think we've really mentioned is the the extra queuing and the paperwork that needs to be checked. So as another word of advice, make sure you plan for delays at the airport. Leave plenty of time, especially on the way back. And don't make the mistake I did of booking your cab when you get off the plane thinking, oh, let's <laughs> go through customs. Yeah. He was waiting four hours. But that used to be a thing. It used to be so easy. You'd land and you'd be like, okay, yeah, with the scanners, you just got to yeah. roll straight through passport control and you're fine. You're at maybe half an hour max, especially if you don't have yeah, any, yeah, yeah. if you don't have check-in luggage. Yeah, true. But you just need to leave a lot of time now just to make sure. It could be quick. It could be four hours. Good advice. You've done this how many times? Multiple times. Five times this year. So five times in 2021. It's cool to be fair that we can lean on your experiences and what, what you've learned, what to do, what not to do from traveling. Because yeah, it, for, from someone, an outside perspective, this is all just the unknown. I haven't traveled in over a year now over on a plane and I used to go away every other month on a plane. So yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to lean on the opinions of someone who's actually been doing it in the last past year. Okay, so we've had some doom and gloom on the podcast today, so we're going to lift the mood and start a conversation on something a little bit more jovial. A hypothetical situation is what we usually do on these podcasts, but today we've got a hypothetical holiday. So we're going to take every single element of a holiday. So you've got the travel in terms of how you're going to get there. You've got the weather, you've got the food, you've got the things to do, architecture and landscape, pretty much everything that makes up a holiday. So you can take one thing from one place 
another from another place. It doesn't need to make sense. It can be whatever you want it to be. So I've got mine written down, Saunders, but I was wondering if you could kick us off. So first off, I just want to like dub- double down on something. So this is like <laughs> nothing is off limits here. Like the yeah, hypothetical nothing. can be purely theoretical. And just to double check, this does not need to abide by the laws of geography or science. <laughs> And you need no PCR test. <laughs> hey, you need no PCR <laughs> test. Because like, as I started doing this, you know what? It actually sparks a few thoughts in my head about how I look at travel and how that's maybe changed in the last year and a half. But this is where I am now. So if we go and add it kind of one category at a time. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Travel time. Right. I travel a lot for work. I don't want to get on a plane. So either a nice like scenic drive or a high speed train. So we look. Okay. Let's, let's think about a drive, you know, a coastal drive or a mountain drive, you know, loads of beautiful scenery as you're driving, good tunes, Lovely. good conversation in the car, um, or like a bullet train, like Japanese style. Yep, yep. Because it's fast, it's fun, it's efficient way of traveling. And on the things like the bullet train, you can cover really long distances without all the rigmarole and waiting and delays of flying, especially mm. at the moment, and no luggage limit. Mm, very nice. So that's what I'm thinking in terms of travel and how you get in there. I do like that. Um, you know, at the start when we said that this doesn't need to make any sense at all, I've kind yeah. of taken that. You're like, jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> Not far from it. All right. So I want to travel for, I'd say like my optimum time to travel for is, is like one hour. So okay. I'm going to, I'm going to treat this as like a one hour travel and right. I want to get there. I've got a choice. So it's either on a jet ski, a banana boat or on one of those lime scooters you can hire. Wait, where are you where are you keeping your luggage? This is I'm keeping my luggage on a on the lime scooter. I've got a little sidecar <laughs> on the banana boat. You can kind of there's a there's a hatch inside the banana boat which is chucking everything in, and on the jet ski, um, I'm driving it, and I've hired someone to sit on the back with my luggage. But, so, okay, the, the jet ski makes sense, but. I, <laughs> If you're on a banana boat or a, a scooter for an hour, your back is in bits. <laughs> it will be genuinely as well. If you know me, my back genuinely will be in bits. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I was thinking in terms of banana boats, I think that's one of the most fun ways you could ever travel around. You know, when someone's on the jet ski and they're like driving as fast as they can and you're hanging onto a banana boat <laughs> like for dear life. Yeah. I kind of think, what a hilarious way to get to a holiday. By the time you get there, you'd be absolutely knackered, though. You'd be like, oh, God, I just... I've this and you've been, been chucked off like four for times. An hour. an hour as well. An hour of <laughs> banana boat. Jesus. I mean, yeah, I like your way of thinking, though. It kind of makes me think I should have said something like hot air balloon or something. But I'm, I'm yeah. quite a simple man of simple pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> what about a lime scooter, Zordas? Like, for me, lime scooters, I, I, I like them so much that I've said to myself... In city breaks, I'm going to go nowhere that doesn't do lime scooters. But it's a great way of getting about. In terms of a city break, say a city to me that you want to go to, and I'll double check whether you can go there based on my uh, rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vancouver. All right, let me check. Go on. Uh, no. What? Surely. So you can go, in Canada, you can go to Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa, or Victoria. We've gone from talking about hypothetical dream holidays to talking about where you can travel if your only parameter is they have scooters in the city. That's pretty much what I've got. Also, go to go to their website. We should really reach out to them before we put this episode out and see if they want to sponsor it. If they say no, we'll just bleep out every time we say the word lime. All right, so we, we've covered travel. 
um, and how are we getting there? What about the weather? What do you want from the weather? It's maybe nostalgia which come into play with this, right? So I'm kind of thinking back to a lot of family holidays I did when I was young. We went to the Canary Islands quite commonly. And I always remember that place in terms of its weather as being 27 degrees, which to me, in terms of degrees Celsius, is like optimum degrees. Like I've been to places which are like far hotter and you spend the whole day just like in and out of the pool, just jumping in and out just to cool yourself down. And also the best thing about the Canary Islands in terms of its weather is that obviously if you're on a small island, there's loads of wind coming at you from every single Mm. angle. So it's 27 degrees. It feels kind of hot, but also you've got that wind all the time to cool you down. It's a great optimum climate, I think, for the weather of my dream holiday. So once I've got there on my lime scooter or banana boat, (laughs) get my sunnies on (laughs) because it's 27 degrees. Although I've also said I would never go back to Gran Canaria in the past as well. So (laughs) we need to clarify. (laughs) We need to make it abundantly clear. Make your mind up, mate. Is it perfect or not? We need to make it abundantly clear the only aspect I'm taking from this is the weather. I think we're on very, very similar wavelengths with the weather because I've okay. I've got down somewhere between 25 and 30 degrees. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. So nice, 27, okay. right, perfect in the middle. Basically comfortable, not too humid, and the sort of warmth that sticks around to the early evening. So when you're having dinner and you're yeah. out and about, you can still get that, you know, out in shorts and a t-shirt. Mm. Um, and again, like you said, that light breeze that masks some of the direct heat, keeps the humidity down, the sweat off, and has a little bit of movement to the waves as well, which is always nice to look at. Nice. I, I hadn't even considered it, but I like it. Okay, so the next one is a really hard one. Well, it was for me anyway, food. Yeah, I mean, where do you even start? There's there's so many places in terms of like cuisine, which I would I'd love like so 
a big part of my diet is Asian cuisine. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost five nights a week, I'd say, that my girlfriend and I cook Asian cuisine. So I was thinking Thailand in terms of cheap, amazing, high quality Asian food. But then I kind of thought, I don't need to be diet conscious on holiday at all in any way. And that kind of brings me towards Italy. As, okay. of course, everyone speaks so highly of Italy and a lot of amazing food like pizza, pasta, really simple, but well-executed food. That's what Italy is all about. And I feel like when I'm on, ho- on holiday, loads of carbs is exactly what I need. At the time of thinking about this, I was like, I don't want anything too heavy. I don't mm. want big burgers or loads of bread, even though that is what I eat when I go on holiday, <laughs> bread and carbs. So yeah. similar to you, Asian street food, maybe like tapas as well, small plates oh, tapas. Were, were ideal because, you know, it, this might have been because I just had lunch when I started thinking about it, so <laughs> I wasn't very hungry. But yeah. I like the idea of little bits to nibble on, you know, yeah. and it being part of the evening, you know, food builds around the part of the evening, walking through a market trying mm. different bits from different stores here and there. And yeah, so I was thinking like the street food of Southeast Asia or Spanish tapas. Oh, sounds so hungry. good. <laughs> I'm really, really hungry. It's the, this is the kind of stuff you forget when you think about travel. There's a lot of nice places to eat in the UK, don't get me wrong. But the, the best Italian food in the best mm. Italian restaurant in the UK will taste half as good as a nice Italian dish in an average restaurant in a beautiful Italian location. It's true. It's true. And you, you'll occasionally stumble over like one amazing Italian restaurant in like your local area, but it won't come close, will it? Oh, mate, honestly, this is just, why have we done this? <laughs> why, have we done this? <laughs> why have we created this situation for ourselves where we create our perfect holiday when it's completely unachievable at the moment? Uh, next up, we've got activities things we're doing what you get up to on your perfect holiday i'm quite an active person i, I yeah. can lie by a pool a couple of days but i want to make sure i'm doing things and like properly uh, getting that sense of achievement so i want to hike up the inca trail to Machu Picchu. that's okay. my big it's activity very specific. okay yeah I, I want to basically i was like okay i want to hike i want to hike somewhere and I thought, right, in terms of bucket list destination, something I want to achieve. Hiking and seeing Machu Picchu is right at the top there. So that would be the one that I would pinpoint. But I'm happy to kind of think of some more individual things to do if, if you've gone down that kind of route. So I'm dissecting what you said there. And um, you're, you're saying you want mountains you, yeah. and you're saying you want ancient civilizations. Yeah, history is always good. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Kind of similar. So this, this was, this topic was the main reason why I asked, does it need to make geographical or scientific sense? Because (laughs) what I'd love are mountains with a tropical sea at the foot. It doesn't need to make any sense. I love it. I absolutely love it. You basically imagine being on a mountain and as you get to the bottom of the mountain, you're just there and it's just like, you know, the Caribbean sea. And I don't mean like a hill because you get a lot of hills by the sea, but I'm talking like, you know, a mountain. A set of mountains yeah, like yeah, the Alps, yeah. and at the bottom yeah. of them, you've got you know the Southeast Asian Sea. So then you've got things like beach sports, hiking, surfing, mm. even paragliding as well, uh, off the top of the mountains, and amazing views. Imagine the view from a mountain, but looking out to like a tropical sea with little islands populating the. Oh, the sounds viewpoint. amazing! I, I'm quite convinced, right, that this place will exist. This place you're describing to you, it's like a, a theoretical place, but I feel like someone listening to this 
might be able to go, how about this place? And I'm intrigued. I feel like there will be somewhere in the world. If anybody knows of this place, drop a comment to <laughs> us and I will move there. <laughs> okay, guaranteed. Yeah. But if You've possible as well, not that I'm being too greedy, but if possible, if we can throw in a couple of lakes and a few rivers around yeah. as well for yeah. some fresh water action. Because, you know, oh, I this like is your dream holiday, mate. You can do what you like. I like wakeboarding. I like kayaking. And I think it's, it's, I think it's important to have fresh water and seawater. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, of course. You, you took the words right out of my mouth, mate. <laughs> and then finally, that leads us on to architecture and landscape. What have you gone with here? So this place that I've invented, is it doesn't make any sense, right, in terms of like history. But I want the architecture of Rome in my dream place. Again, history. Once you go somewhere and you, you can feel the history of a place, like Rome stands out to me when I, when I think of like architecture uh, as a place where time just feels like it stood still it's a really fascinating place but somewhere which came close was lisbon we've spoken mm-hmm. about it a few times on the podcast i absolutely love lisbon for the way it looks in terms of its cobbled stone streets you've got the colorful houses honestly the, the colorful houses are absolutely amazing and then the mosaics as well if you've not been to lisbon to see that for yourself is definitely something to behold This one for me was probably the easiest one for me to answer and probably the only one that makes any sense uh, which is because I like rural, I like peaceful, I don't think like things being too busy. I live in a city, so I guess when I go on holiday, I kind of want the opposite. The only thing with that is, though, thinking about this rural, you know, mountain location with the tropical sea on the foot, is that it gives you less choice of accommodation and food options because you're more rural, right? There's not loads of places yeah. to choose from. So I'm thinking like a little cabin stay in the mountains overlooking the sea near a small town but obviously equally easily connected by roads and or bullet train train. (laughs) i'm not asking for much am i and or banana boat because i quite want to come actually now (laughs) but this kind of theoretical exercise it can be taken in so many different ways that i feel like there's gonna be some people who are crying out to let us know what their dream situation would be so we'll, we'll we'll put something out on social media to nail down what you need but it's Weather, food, things to do, architecture and landscape. And of course, travel. How are you going to get there? This was a really fun exercise because I think when you take reality out of it, it helps, I found anyway, it's helped me narrow down on what I really want in a holiday and then tailoring your decisions to kind of fit that bill. I should have added as well, I want my accommodation to have a log burning fire. (laughs) I feel like that's absolutely non-negotiable has to be has to be nailed on i'm glad that these things don't have to be scientifically credible because you want a log burning fire that doesn't give off heat (laughs) (laughs) yes please and that leads us very nicely into talking about what myself and alex are going to be doing for our 2021 summer holiday plans now we've talked about it enough for this podcast already but like i said i've been lucky to travel with work not travel in terms of like nice restaurants and beaches and the like. So with that in mind, I'm going to use this time to keep stress low and travel in the UK. And I've got a couple of things I want to do. Go on then. I'm, I'm intrigued. What are top of your plans this summer? We've done the summer tier list. So I'm thinking if it's not somewhere that you stuck right at the top of the tier list, then I'm going to be very, very surprised. The last few podcasts we've done about stuff in the UK have actually been pretty influential into my decision making here. Really? Okay. Yeah, nice. just just hearing like especially your opinion on places that you've been and the guests' opinion on places in the UK um, and places that I haven't really explored that much. 
for me, the southwest coast is absolutely screaming out for a visit. Nice. So nice. I want to spend a week checking out the uh, Cornish coastline uh, and the areas around that. And it'd be rude if I didn't say this. I will 100% be going to Scotland. <laughs> Yay, there it is. There's a few <laughs> things on the horizon. One's work related. The other is uh, more for leisure. But um, if things stay the same, yeah, I'll be 100% getting up there. How about you? Amazing. Yeah, so just in that last segment, I was saying I wasn't going to try and go abroad. I'm definitely going to try. Okay. But we need we needed the uh, kind of stipulations to change. So I'm hoping, right, so we've, we've got plans, myself, my girlfriend, and a couple of friends, a couple of couple friends, um, six of us in total. We're going to try and go to Spain. Okay. Next month, if, big, big, big if, it gets put on the green list. We're going to go through the rigmarole because we're going to try and go for a week and we're hoping that the PCR tests involved and the money that we have to put aside to pay the extra to go on holiday, we're hoping that that will be worth it if we go for seven days. I feel Mm. like if you're going to go for a shorter window of time, it's going to probably be too stressful. But if you stretch it out and you go for a bit longer, then perhaps... Uh, perhaps it'll be worth it. And by the time you've forgotten about doing the PCR test, you'll have a few days before you have to think about doing another one. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully that'll be that'll be possible next month. And also I've spoken to you about this before, Saunders, about potentially going to Hungary for the mm-hmm. Budapest Grand Prix, which is at the end of July, yes. ordering into August. So it's a few months away, which makes me feel a little bit positive um, Hungary is doing quite well on their vaccinations and their COVID numbers are quite low. It's not on the green list yet. It's on the amber list currently, but it's somewhere which I'm quietly optimistic that we'll be able to go to. We've got Budapest in terms of an Airbnb and flights booked uh, on cancellation policies. So mm-hmm. keep your fingers crossed for me because I'm thinking that would be an amazing trip. Going to see my first ever F1 race in person and hopefully do it on quite a low budget as well. I've been to Budapest before in the past, loved it. One of my favorite cities in Europe to go to. Great city to go to on a budget, loads of cool things to do. But big plans to go to the one and only Scotland. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Of course. I think that was, what, 10 minutes before we... No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back on it again. Uh, no, we're looking, my girlfriend and I are looking to go and do the NC500 nice uh, but that'll be hopefully in september because the goal is to kind of take it a little bit out of high season don't go in the height of summer or in the school holidays so us going in september hopefully means that we'll have a bit more choice on accommodation maybe do a bit of camping some nights as well to lower that cost because of course staying inside the uk costs are quite high i'm genuinely really really looking forward to that and it's it's of course it's not the it's not the sun it's not the glamour but I do feel like like we spoke about uh, two episodes ago in terms of bucket list holidays it's one that I can tick off say that I've done and be so so happy to have achieved that I'm genuinely buzzing I, I don't think there's a YouTube video on the NC500 I haven't watched yet so that kind of puts it across <laughs> how excited so I am. That's a decent summer of travel. So that's what Alex and I are getting up to this summer. But as always, we want to know what you're getting up to. We've already had some people tell us their summer plans for this year. But, you know, where in the world are you from? What are you looking to do? Are you going to travel abroad? Are you going to stay local? Are you going to stay home? Let us know because we'd love to know. People don't know this, but Travel Talks is listened to in over 80 countries in the world now, which kind of blows our minds. Because we started this, what, six months ago, and it's, it's already come on quite a long way. So... 80 countries in the world there's going to be so many different opinions from so many people all around the world so yeah do let us know let us know where you're from or where you're going because we are genuinely really intrigued 
So there we go. That's the end of the podcast. We dove into a few different subjects this week, talking about the current state of travel, at least from the UK anyway, what that means. Again, as always, we want to know what people think about this because we kind of gave our opinion, didn't we? Like how we're looking at the current situation. But if you didn't know about the rules in place and the things you have to do, the hoops you have to jump through to travel, and and you've learned from the first time by listening to this podcast, What's your opinion? You know, does it make you want to travel? Are you bothered by it? Are you thinking that I'm going to stay at home this year? Mm. Let us know. Yeah, really, really intrigued to hear what everyone's got to say. But that moves us nicely onto what we're going to offer you next week in terms of the podcast. We're going back between these episodes and the interview episodes. And next week, we've got an interview with a good friend of ours, Liam Masters, who hosts Football and Feelings, an amazing podcast, which kind of bridges the gap between football and mental health. He's had some amazing guests on, but this time it's his turn to be the guest because he's got some amazing stories, didn't he, mate? Honestly, such a nice guy. Um, another Essex contingent like myself. Yeah, yeah, it was um, nice. And, and what I liked about it as well is that we got so deep into our chat and we started kind of opening up to each other that there was one point where he was interviewing us. <laughs> yeah, it was. And we just kind of didn't even realise. I'm really looking forward to people hearing that one because we cover some really important points. And like in terms of travel, my word, does that guy have some good stories? But before everyone goes and uh, leaves us, we want to ask for, again, a small favour. We ask this every week. And apologies if you've already done it. But if you haven't, to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review and write a few nice words as well because it does give us a boost every time we read. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Nice reviews. It does lift our mood and help us produce some amazing podcasts for you. But that's it for this episode. Come back next week for another episode of Travel Talks.